side door on your way down. There's no telling where you'll end up. Can you make it through? To the night's end. Hang on. It's coming, dear. You just gotta hold on a bit longer. Ah, friend. Thank death you're here. And with gifts. Let's get this to Beatrice straight away before we become the food. (laughs) Ah, thank you. You know, you saved my life. I thought I was a goner. Oh, Beatrice! Got a surprise for you. Where's the food? Give me the food. Okay, okay, hold your horses. She's a happy girl. Okay, come on, friend. Let's go. I got a great story for you today, friend. Well deserved. Last Night's Memory by Elizabeth Suggs cries woke me from my slumber. I've been having such a wonderful dream about the caves in Vietnam, remnants of the dozen or so episodes I'd watched from the travel channel before falling asleep. The woman was yelling at her captor, presumably me. I hadn't remembered grabbing the woman or coming to this dingy spot. Not that it surprised me much. I'd forgotten things more often as of late. She sat in a chair, blindfolded and tied up. At least I did that thing right even being me. I walked over to the woman. She stifled her cries by the sound of my boots. Please, she whimpered. She had a soft voice, even under stress. By the looks of her and me, and the fact my gallon water was half gone, I'd guess we'd been there for a day or so. So why hadn't I killed her? If I was so good at grabbing a woman on autopilot, why couldn't I kill her? Are you there? She whispered. There was something familiar about her something I couldn't place. I turned my back to her and walked over to my bag of goodies. Another thing I did right. Most of these events consisted of a bag, a victim tied up, and some water. I'd done it for so long and so often that it was ingrained in my memory so deeply that not even whatever disease I had could take that away from me. At least I had that. I sifted through the bag, searching for a hacksaw or knife or something else to start the process, but my fingers slipped when I grasped the weapon. My body shook. I didn't want to kill her, and least of all, make her suffer. I walked over to the chair on the opposite end of the room. I brought it here a few years ago when I decided this abandoned building was my prime location. No one came to this place, the abandoned building that was too far off the grid. Forgotten in a city already broken down and starving, 
there were no funds to bring up these buildings, so I had my pick, though I liked this one. I was comfortable with it. Every other time, the job was easy. It should have been the same with the woman, despite my memory loss. Why was she so different? Why wasn't she like the others? Please. She begged again. I want to go home. Can't you please take me home? The funny thing was that I probably could have taken her home. If I had bothered with the blindfold, then I would have to put it on right before she saw my face or my car. I could bring her home in the same way as I had taken her. No one would be the wiser. But I liked that solution even less than my first. I didn't like to leave things undone. It wasn't my nature. I don't know who you are. I don't have to tell anyone about this. I just want to go home. I promise. I promise I won't tell anyone. Please. She broke down in tears. <laughs> no matter how many times I did this job, I hated it when they cried. It made the whole thing harder. My mum used to cry when I was a kid and she didn't get her way when dad left for an extra day or one of us kids ran away, which was a common occurrence. Her tears were never real. I could handle fake tears, but real tears? No one ever cried like that. Not even at my parents' funeral. No one shed a tear. That wasn't our way. Please, is anyone there? I just, just want to go home. She sobbed louder. I walked out of the room and stepped into a dilapidated hall. There was a broken window overlooking the back street and my car. There wasn't a building or life for miles. She could cry louder and longer, and the only one who suffered was me. I paced the length of the hall, checking my watch, trying to ignore her muffled cries. I only needed to wait her out a little longer, and then maybe I'd have a clear head. I'd finish off the job and be done with it. Once I was sure she finished crying, I stepped back into the room and closed the door. I tried to do it softly, but her ears were like a dog's. She heard me. Who's there? You here to help me? Please. I need to go home. The only other time I had hesitated like this was my first time. My dad had taken me then. He was showing me the ropes, explaining it as medication for our anger. Maybe he'd been right because I never got angry. Though I never really felt much of anything. Except when I saw tears. But that was an occupational hazard. Something I had to get used to. Want to go home? She repeated. I walked over to her chair, my heavy boots rattling on the floor. She sucked in a breath as I walked. <sighs> Maybe her heart was beating like a hummingbird's. Kneeling in front of her, I said in a low voice, You're not going anywhere. Another round of sobs. I shouldn't have talked. Why not? Why can't I go home? I live on 402 Oakwood Lane. I live there with my cat and boyfriend. I just want to go home. She went silent. Maybe she was waiting for a response. Her forehead wrinkled where the blindfold hadn't covered. She looked so familiar. I couldn't shake it. She started to speak fast. Do you want money? I can give you money. That's what all this is about, right? You just want money. Why did they always think it was about money? No money, I growled, standing up. Usually, when they get like this, I would hack off their parts. It was the slow deaths that I enjoyed most. Slow and deliberate. 
as if their experience could almost be my own. When it was too quick, I still felt nothing. No, it had to be slow. But the pitiful mess before me didn't have my appetite. I didn't want to kill her off slow or otherwise. When this happened the first time, I just got it over with. Never once had it felt like this since then. I was in a mess. Disturbed by my stomach growling, I stood up from my spot and walked over to the supplies I'd brought. Shuffling past blades, hammer, and nails, I grabbed a tuna sandwich wrapped in plastic. I unwrapped the sandwich and broke it in two, eating the first half carefully, considering my next move. I didn't think I'd figure a solution out to my problem anytime soon, and I wasn't going to let her die in the meantime. So, I gave her the other half of my sandwich. I broke the pieces off with my fingers and set them in her mouth. She resisted at first, but eventually she ate. She must have been hungry because she almost chewed off my finger when I ran out of food. I gave her some water, then drank some of my own. At the very least, I wouldn't kill her a coward's way. That much was certain. What do you want? She whispered. I should have just grabbed the saw and started then, but I couldn't. I stared at her, hoping that whatever caused this reluctance would be answered on her face. It wasn't. It only brought more questions. I turned away and walked to the other side of the room. Maybe I just needed a little sleep, is all. I've been working hard most days. Not that I disliked work, but I'd been fatigued, and I knew it. It was probably the very thing that clogged my mind. My earlier nap must not have been enough. I needed more sleep, an entire night. But that only worked if she didn't wake me with her cries or calls or whatever else she liked to do. Grabbing my chair, I pulled it into the hole and closed my eyes. But no sooner had I fallen asleep did she wake me with her sobs. They were so loud. So horrible. I rubbed my eyes and stared out through the window. My brother had a problem like this once. The solution was a quick kill. Maybe I needed to chalk it up to bad luck and try again. I got up and walked back into the room. She was screaming bloody murder. At this rate, her vocal cords would give out. I had a gun holstered in my belt. I pulled it out and uncocked it. Guns a coward's way. I heard my dad's voice in my head. I pushed the thought out of my mind and rose the gun. Coward. My hand shook. I just needed one shot. One shot and I could start over again. Please don't. My mum's birthday is tomorrow. How had she heard me? How could she know? I stood inches from her, kneeling back down. Your mum's gonna have to miss out, I said. No, please, she's dead. I just, I go to her grave on her birthday. I want to do that. I was planning to do that. Too bad, I murmured. What about you? What about your mum? My hand was still shaking. I just needed to get it over with. I went through a list of my upcoming plans. She'd die, I'd clean up the body, get out of here, and take a few days off. Truth be told, my mother's birthday was tomorrow too. Maybe visiting her grave would clear my mind. After that, I'd find someone else. And this time, I'd remember doing it. I pushed the gun to her forehead. All I needed to do was a single flick of my finger. Only one. And she'd be done. No, no, no. She cried. Please, don't you care? Nope. In fact, my mum's birthday is tomorrow too. 
Maybe I'll give your head to her as a present. Childish. I would have done better with silence. But there was something about this lady that kept me talking. It was the same power that paralyzed my true nature. No, please. I just want to go home. Can you do that for me? No, you're dead. I thought she was going to cry. But instead, she drew in a breath and whispered. Don't let me see your face. What? I'm already going to die. She said, her voice shaking. Let me see your face. Let me look at you. I almost responded to her, but that had only enticed her to speak more, or worse, start up the tears again. I didn't really need to argue with her anyway. She was right. I should let her see me before I killed her. I let the others right at the end. I almost enjoyed seeing the life leave their eyes. A flicker of a candle snuffed out. But when I removed her blindfold, all I saw were my father's dark blue eyes. Angry eyes. Disapproving. I was a coward. I'd been a coward killing him. And I was a coward now. You don't have to do it this way. She whispered. Her eyes changed from anger to fear. You don't have to do this. Your hope went away with that blindfold, I said. She paled, then nodded. Make this last death count. I lowered the gun, aiming it at her belly. What are you talking about? She didn't reply, so I aimed at her stomach. I'd heard somewhere getting shot in the stomach was one of the most painful because the stomach acid got loose on the rest of your body. You're eating yourself inside out. Maybe this wasn't such a coward's death. At least here, she'd suffer. We both would. My hand came to my stomach, feeling blood from the bullet. I was in the chair where the woman had sat. Where the woman never was. My memory was getting worse. There had never been another woman. My dad had been like this near the end. I shot him to put him out of his misery despite him calling me a coward. My mother was better. She just pretended to cry because she hadn't really cared whether she lived or died. I saw that in her eyes. She never felt anything. That's why I knew she and I were too similar for her own good. But then again, maybe we weren't that similar. The cries that shook that building that night, those had been real tears. My tears. Thanks for saving my life, friend. I'm now in your debt. Maybe I can show you something special next time. Be sure to come back and see your forever friend, Jimmy Horrors. Until then, stay horrific and pray for the night's end. <laughs>
please write us a review or leave a five-star rating as it helps us reach more people. Stay tuned for another great episode next week. Stay horrific, everyone. <laughs>